So, um, JR, if you want to join us now. She's taking the couch. I think that your computer network just kicked me off, man. I don't know what's going on. It let me on initially. No, it won't go back. I don't yeah, know what's going on here. That's technology for you. Yep, I hate technology with a passion. <laughs> I died. Everyone, I think everyone here should know that by now. Um, I would much rather fill out 10 like pages of documents than those 10 <laughs> documents electronically. I'd rather with a pen. And I want to hand it to an actual human person so I know they're getting it. I don't care if you trash it, it goes in a heap over there. But I feel, I, I'd feel that like feeling of accomplishment, knowing that that is just, I don't know what it is, but electronic paperwork just, I never feel like it gets through. I don't know what it is. I'm but just you. electronic stuff in general. I told you the other day how much I hate Bluetooth. Oh, yeah. Like, I despise Bluetooth. You know, that's a good segue. I used to be a manager at Guitar Center, <clears throat> and we always used to sneak off to the drum section and, and play the electronic kits. How do you feel electronic kits versus uh, regular standard acoustic kits? I guess electronic kits, I've only played in a store. So obviously they don't sound right. They don't feel right. They don't look right. <laughs> <laughs> but they're fun. I mean, if you're in an apartment in New York City, you know. Would I'm, you ever record a record with one? No, no. You need that, that loud clap. Yeah, yeah, for real, for real. Yeah. How long have you been drumming? Um, 17 years now, I think. Jeez. I actually started really late in life i didn't start playing drums till i was 30 so, you look 30 what's that you look 30 now y yeah people say that <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Say yes, that. I but the, the joke in the band is that because i'm much older than the rest of them so i'm actually i tell alex all the time i'm old enough to be your mother <laughs> <laughs> sure. you know he puts in his earplugs and tells me you know i got to protect my hearing because i'm still young you oh know? my god yeah that's pretty funny but but you know what, being in the studio all the time, like I used to do six-hour practice sessions, and if you didn't have the earplugs, you couldn't hear shit when you left there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for real? Yeah. Damn. Especially behind the kit. Yeah. Hearing all the crash, all that shit is going directly in your fucking eardrums, bro. Damn. You go outside for a cigarette, all you hear is ringing. Never knew that. Yeah. See? Tell everybody, I learned something new every day. I never knew it was a thing like that. <laughs> oh, my husband's been a musician for like 30 years, and I made him go to the ear doctor. I said, your ears are messed up because you can't hear nothing I say. So I took him to the ear doctor, and the ear doctor told me that I was losing my hearing in one of my ears. <laughs> and my and husband was fine. You know what I mean? I am. Holy shit. I was like, shit. that's messed up. That's where the crash symbol is. Yeah, that's my side. <laughs> you got to know the setup, bro. Damn. I could have visualized the setup. I'm, I'm, I'm blind to this right now, man. I like music, but I am not a musician. I, in school, I think maybe got two years of actual music class. In junior high school, not and counting Mr. Schreinermaker and not, not counting Mr. Schreinermaker, but in junior high school, uh, our sixth grade music teacher died halfway through the year. I remember that, and Jesus. then I didn't have music again until eighth grade, and then went to Bushwick High School where we had no real music class. <laughs> we learned about sections <clears throat> of the orchestra, what wood instruments are, brass instruments. <laughs> yeah, that was about they, it. They they wow. told us the bare minimum of anything and it's funny because i went to 383 for sixth grade it's the only year i was there and i had music class and i failed miserably i told the guy i'm never going to use this shit i don't need to know this shit turns out a couple <laughs> years later i'm a fucking musician and i don't know what the hell i'm doing it's like i should have fucking listened to that guy yeah so tell us about necrotic society um well i don't know if you saw in the clip the guitarist alex it's really his band that's he moved here from Italy about four years ago and couldn't speak much English. 
came here, was looking to start a band. I met him on Craigslist. He just had ads out there on Craigslist, and I met up with him one day, and just him and I, his wife came along to translate because his English was, Damn. you know, um, not too much. And obviously, my Italian does not exist, so... Um, we started jamming there and we just decided we liked each other's vibe you know and he's been like a brother to me ever since love the guy to death uh courtney was another person our singer uh, i had met her trying to start another project on craigslist because that's what you do now that you don't have paper you, you can't go to a studio and yeah. peel a little thing off the wall because it just craigslist is easier yeah. right so we had attempted to start a project a while ago maybe a year prior to this and I texted her one morning. I said, you know, we're, I started this new project. We're looking for a singer. I said, you know how I always want to do that go faster thing? Mm-hmm. I said, are you down? And she's answered me in one minute. I hadn't talked to her in like a year. She answered me in one minute. She's like, I'm there. <laughs> Shit. So she showed up and she's been with us ever since. And Javier, uh, our bassist, uh, a couple months later, he heard through the grapevine, I believe from Alex's wife, that we had a project and needed somebody in joined on and we've been together ever since it's been almost uh, four years how was the experience performing here in this studio oh it was amazing it was amazing i mean we're punks <laughs> you know our first record is recorded in my basement it sounds like crap uh you know but it's honest and it's raw and it's us so to come into a place where you have beautiful equipment and like oh my god overhead angle i get to see myself play that's like so exciting <laughs> we never had that shit you know we do music because this is what we don't know what else to do i remember before they even had the back room we was like all sitting around and i I had showed danny the the radio head in the basement Hmm. little did i know he was actually going to turn that studio in the back to almost in a fucking replica of how beautiful that space is because now you go in there and you feel like you feel like you're on top of everything like like shit man it's just i mean I think 30 Days to Rock has really showcased, I mean, Danny's ability as an engineer and everything he does in that space, man. I think everyone's seen, man, what you can get coming to the first live studio, man. Uh, not, not to put like a shameless plug in there, man, but it's <laughs> 219 like, Central Avenue. amazing professional quality level work, man. And I mean, I think that space back there rivals any space we've seen featured on like uh, any of these little like short commercial like i want to say commercial shows but like like anything you see on fuse or mtv unplugged anything like that any of those little small sets with like sessions yeah, at aol stuff like yeah there you go we have coffee and here. coffee too okay, okay, can, can we uh can we place an order right now uh can i get a mocha please uh yes hot i'll try something iced today i trust you uh I would take a black coffee with any kind of non-dairy milk. You guys see that? It's full service here at First Live. First Live (laughs) Studio. And uh, I totally lost my place where I was at before that. I was. You you was. (laughs) Yes, I was doing a heavy plug there. Um, But yeah, here at 219 Central Avenue at First Live Studio, man, I think everything you've seen on 30 Days to Rock with all these um, all these bands that have come out, all these groups, all these solo acts, everyone, you've seen different types of acts utilize that space different ways. And I think, man, I mean, 
Just, I mean, it's a, it's a different industry now, because especially since venues started closing, COVID-19, now you need spaces like this for bands to be able to actually perform for people, their fans all over the world, from the safety of somewhere. Like, you, you guys have a space now, so. Absolutely, 100%. I mean, and to what you were saying about when we came in it was like here's where you set up and everything was organized and you know no we've played at shows where in the middle of the show the sound guy's running up to change a mic or something like that you know and this is live it's the same thing and not one glitch you know everything ran perfectly and smoothly and the other thing is i did have a chance to check out a lot of the other acts that have played here and the variety is amazing and for somebody to have the technical skill to make all those kinds of music just come through and shine live is it's great so we were really honored to take part in this do you play any other instruments me no i can't do anything with notes i can just hit things <laughs> <laughs> one of the uh one of the classic drummer stories was uh just the way dave Grohl was portrayed in nirvana right and, and he had all these songs written and they would always be like shut the fuck up you're the drummer like just drum yeah and then he ends up just becoming like this fucking multi-millionaire powerhouse it's full fight it's hit like factory yeah. absolutely yeah i i play in another band too and i do write some music occasionally in that project but in this project pretty much alex writes everything um he writes some lyrics we all contribute there's a couple songs that we played that i wrote the lyrics a couple that courtney wrote um, but musically, it's Alex. And the other band that I play in, um, I do occasionally, because I do own three guitars, I just can't play them. <laughs> um, but I'll sit and pick at them and figure out the notes that I like, and I'll actually construct something, and then mm. I'll bring it to my bandmates, and they can make it into a song. I can't do that part. That's what the band is there for, man. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, band's work, man. when I first started... <clears throat> And we would get together for rehearsals. We was doing all covers, but we actually went to Guitar Center and got the books, like the sheet music books. And you could see, like, the Nirvana books, everything was written by Kurt Cobain. But then you get the Incubus books, and you have everybody in the band listed as a, as a writer. Mm -hmm. So you could see that there was a control factor in bands like Nirvana, where they just have this sole person that's putting together these productions. And, whether or not they get an information from the other band members, they want their name to be the, the one that's like featured. Yeah. I mean, I think that all depends on how the process works. You know, during the lockdown, um, I texted Alex and I was like, you got to keep writing stuff, you know, just write and record it and send it to me. So, you know, we got like four new songs that we're working on that he just would record in his house, you know, and then we just add our parts and we arrange them together. But I mean, really, when it comes to the musical inspiration for almost everything that we've written, it's all Alex. So. Alex, man. Yeah, man. He's the man. Yeah, I, know, I, know, I know somebody here likes saying that. You say that one more time. <laughs> My real name is Alex. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm like, say it again. One more oh, time. Those, those Alexes. But. <laughs>